Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 208. Are you an Infusionsoft user dealing with a mess of Confusionsoft? Are you ready to use your app to make lots of money every month rather than just spend lots of money? Well, I have a solution for you. Head on over to kimfusionsoft.com to find out more about my strategy program, which can help you take your business to the next level using your Infusionsoft app. Again, that's kimfusionsoft.com. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so thrilled that you are here to join us today. I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Sophia Wiseone, who is an embodiment expert and the host of the podcast, Vagina Talks. Now, I do want to give you a little heads up. I almost said disclaimer, but Sophia, I'm not sure if that's the right word. Is disclaimer the right word? That the language might be a little bit more than usual today. So it might not be suitable for all, but I promise it will be an enjoyable show as always. Anyway, welcome, Sophia. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Happy to be here. I was telling my husband that when we were at the event, Nubidia Summit, which listeners, you have heard me talk about a few times, <laughs> a few months ago. I can't believe it was, it was almost two months ago already. That's crazy. Oh yeah. That how many times did we have breakfast? I think we, I'm, I'm two or three every, times yeah, almost every morning <laughs> yeah and it was it was not planned listeners like sometimes you just wind up in the same place as somebody else at the same time multiple times and we just enjoyed breakfast I enjoyed breakfast with you like every every morning it was Me too, it was, it was nice really to know lovely. somebody and Start the food today. was the food was delicious too totally yeah actually I'm hungry I, <laughs> totally off topic but (laughs) so (laughs) positive productivity there is no script and we never know where the conversation's going Sophia can you introduce yourself to the listeners please and tell a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today yeah sure um hello everyone darling dear friends across the planet uh I am I'm a human I'm on earth um, I was a, always a really sensitive person, like even as a little kid. And I think a lot of kids come in with, um, kind of insight beyond their human experience. And I specifically, when I was a little tiny kid was telling stories about before I was born to my parents and, um, talking about and to my ancestors. And I think the difference is a lot of kids do this, but people brush it off. And I grew up in a family that really just kind of listened and affirmed that, my experience was valid. And uh, I kind of grew up in a arts and and relatively hippie world and spent a lot of time uh, doing, I owned, actually, this is really funny. I owned and ran a live action role-playing game camp. So like, like Lord of the Rings, but with foam swords and like magic things. And so I spent all my summers kind of pretending to be like fairy queens and evil demonic creatures and all of these things. I promise all of this is related to what I'm doing now. No, and, I'm just um, thinking how awesome that sounds. <laughs> it's totally awesome. We should all come. Wayfinder experience. It's the best. It's still happening. It's teens and adults. It's amazing. That's usually separate programming. It's amazing. I still teach it uh, in the summer sometimes. And uh, it's one of the best things in my whole life. And so, uh, so much fun. Um, there's like no audience. You just like run around in the woods and, uh, there's like no script, but there's like a plot and it's very, it's very, very cool. And, uh, so I spent my summers doing that and studying theater and all this stuff. And, and, and so I had this like learning, uh, the summer camp also was a lot of, and my family at home, very communication oriented, like real connection, not surface. Like, like there's some like real deep connection happening in a lot of places in my life. And when, I got to college. I like moved away. I went to college, and and then I had a mental breakdown. Anybody else ever have a mental breakdown? I did. Right um, here. I had a mental breakdown. Yeah, right. Exactly. Raise your hand. Raise it high. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Um, and it was like everything. Oh, a side note: 
the entirety of my childhood, my mother was also chronically ill and most of it my sister was. So there was a lot of caretaking and a fair amount of dysfunction and a lot of love and care. So um, we all kind of figured out our best way to get through it. Everybody did their best, but not things that you really want to perpetuate as an adult if you could do different situations, you know? So I went away to college and and I had a mental breakdown and everything kind of came up being taken out of my um, situation. And like, by the by, like being female bodied in this culture is totally also a like heads up language shit show. Um, it's just, you know, I think for a lot of people, and it was for me, um, a very complicated and, and challenging experience to just have a female body, to have a female bodied sexuality um, was complicated. So I went to college, lost my mind um, and dropped out. And I followed my hands to massage school. I had already learned uh, cranial sacral, a type of kind of subtle body work and had done laying on of hands and, and sat with shamans and teachers. And since I was a teenager, my mom was ill and we she found a lot of uh, support in kind of the alternative healing world. So I grew up in that. And so I went to massage school and uh, and really began to cultivate a uh, by, uh, you know, holding space for people to have healing, to let their body restore themselves. And, um, and, you know, it took about seven years for me to get my mind back. So when I dropped out of college, I was crying about five times a day, like weeping and couldn't really sit still or read for more than 20 minutes at a time or else I would just start to like lose my stuff. Um, I did a lot of like hodgepodging my work together. I did all this stuff. Um, but I had all this foundation that I knew as soon as kind of I was falling apart that there was something like a wisdom in it. Even though I was 18, I knew that there was still had that like knowledge that there was something underneath all of us. Oh, I was 19. And I went on this epic journey. It took about seven years. And that's where like the embodiment thing comes in because what I discovered in those seven years was that I'm, this is like kind of obvious, I'm a really sensitive person and I was trying to manage my sensitivity by dampening it, by making myself less sensitive. And that actually was one of the major factors that really made me crazy. And so what I discovered in that time was that actually by feeling my feelings, being in my body, I felt much more sane and created much more space in my life. It took about seven years to get from barely functioning. I had odd jobs along the way, you know, yada, yada. I wasn't like completely, you know, I, I could I could function to a degree, but it was really painful. I got diagnosed with premenstrual dysphoric disorder, um, which is like PMS on like really bad. So a week, you have the worst day of PMS, but for a week before you get your period and then it takes usually the, the course of the period to have it come back down. So about two weeks out of every month, I would just completely lose my stuff. And so I'd pull my life back together and lose again, pull my life back together and lose again. Oh my gosh. I, just, I can't yeah. even imagine that. I mean, yeah, for that the, happened. Go ahead. No, for, the, for the one or two days that I'm just not nice. Yeah. That's enough. And I've told yeah, my I husband used... that I'm scared of going through menopause. Mm. Combine the not like just the, the negativity and the hot flashes and and everything menopause is not going to be fun and i'm going to be going through it probably when my little girls are both going through puberty which is going to be interesting i think my husband might want to build his own house <laughs> i was just say to build a dome he can go hide in yes um, but i was laughing yeah. over here when you were talking like not at you, but I was thinking about how we okay. treated pain and ailments when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. Advil or Neosporin? <laughs> One of the two was always the solution. And I, I don't remember what I was watching, but there was a movie or a show where they always talked about, okay, spray some Windex on it. Do you have any idea what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My big Greek fat wedding. Okay, yeah. Th and that just... Yep, Windex is the answer to everything. Yep. And I actually have a friend in my that I actually see on a regular basis who also lives by Windex as it fixes everything. Oh my gosh. Like that is life. so funny. Yeah. yeah. But in my house, yeah. it was Advil and Neosporin. And I've started to find that it's working its way into my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I should probably look at what's in Neosporin or any of the similars, but it's like my littles just think it's magic. It doesn't really do it. I mean, yeah. I can't say it doesn't do anything, but the mental 
that it just gives them a, oh, I'm okay. It's sort of, and Band-Aids. Uh-huh. Band-Aids are magic. They are, especially with the characters on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to jump back, though. You said it took you seven years. I didn't get my shit together until I was 30, 31. I mean, I, I followed the path that was made for me. However, and, and I guess there were some, I guess that was the path that I was supposed to be on to reach where I am today. But mm, yeah, that path was hard. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would do it. Well, I guess I would do it again because it brought me here and I love where I am now. But right. wow, if I could just fast forward through. Have you seen What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams? I have. Yeah. I love how they decide to go back. I'm sorry. I should have given a spoiler alert. But, spoiler but alert. What dreams they come? Yeah. Right? They're like, well, we met in hell and we can meet in Jersey. Yeah. I would do it again if I knew that I could have my kids and my husband. But let's just not go through hell to get here. Oh, my God. Yeah. I. You know, it's funny you say that because what I was thinking about was just the other day I was thinking about how... um when I start to get hard on myself these days, so I um I made a deck of cards and uh, it has a companion book that go- goes along with it. It's a card game that's a emotional intelligence and spiritual practices and embodiment game. That's what it is. And um, so I'm in the process of editing. The book is in the editing process right now. And uh, I was having one of those weeks where it was like, oh my gosh, like... Like, what do I know? Why would anyone want to listen to me? You know, the like fraud alert, you know, they're like, oh no, nobody should listen to me feeling. Imposter and, syndrome. Um, imposter syndrome. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I was having having a week of that. And I had this moment where I just stopped and I was like, you know, it's really easy, Sophia, to think that I haven't done that much when I don't really recall how hard it was, like how far I've come. And it's such a gift that I don't have to live with that, the clarity of that memory that like, it takes a little bit of effort for me to remember like how brutal every day was that I was like in so much pain and like emotional pain and physical pain and um, unpredictable relationship pain. I mean, it was every day was so like I fought for my life for years and it's so, it's really so glorious now that I don't feel like it's like that feels so at such a distance that I, I have the the privilege or the opportunity to like downplay it, you know, because there were so many years where like there was no downplaying it. I mean, I could barely talk about it because nobody really, not nobody, there were people, there always have been people who understood, but um, yeah. I think we all go through imposter syndrome and you just gave me a revelation. I can't think of a better word, so I'm just going to use that. But it's not about what we've done. It's about what we've experienced and we've all experienced something different and the next person then those experiences make us who we are and we've learned from them and I feel I don't know how you feel that it's my responsibility to take those experiences and teach absolutely what I've learned yeah yeah I, mean, I can't teach you how to make a million dollars off a of launch because I haven't done it right but I've experienced how to go through struggles and keep on going totally yeah I just um I just like feel it in my heart, you know, and it's like that when I had this real, like I've had so many teachers and so many prayers answered, you know, like so many insights and so many people and so many gifts along the way. And, and when, when I started to feel this, like just difference, like my life, I was like, you know, I used to think when people said like (laughs) they were happy that they were like kind of lying you know what I mean? Like, like, okay. You're like, all right. So you like, you're happy, but like, you're not really happy. Like, I didn't really believe that anyone was like actually kind of happy and, or like peaceful. When people talk about inner peace, I was like, what is this inner peace bullshit? Like actually inside everybody just feels like poop, you know, like, like I like really thought that. And, and I remember this turning point where I was like, oh, I get it. Like, even when I feel terrible, I also have a sense of peace it's an additive experience, not a replacing experience. Like I still have all the experiences of being a human. I just also, and there's a, there's a presence inside me. There's a knowing, there's a, there's an ability to breathe that, that has an additional experience of peace. So even on my hardest days, there's like, there's a quiet or a, or a breath or an ability. And like, that's, that's real. Like that's what's real. And once I realized that and I felt like, 
I knew that that wasn't just a mystery that like magically happened, that like I worked for it and that I saw other people work for it. I was like, I had to do my part to share how I got there. You know, like it's like you can get there too. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't there and I, and it wasn't handed to me, just handed to me. Like I, I, I worked diligently and persistently day after day to change the way that my brain worked and how I processed experiences in my body and the communication tactics that I used in my relationships. I used to feel that way about peace, but about relationships. I didn't see how there could be any such thing as true love and soulmates and um, sleep. We're on a movie roll right now. Um, uh, (laughs) Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle. Magic. I was like, that's such BS. There's no such thing. Like uh, it just doesn't exist. And then I found that. And then about peace after new media summit within that week, when I got home, my websites were hacked and all the files were deleted. And first thought was anger, but then, okay. And I'll, I'll admit, I gave myself a day to be angry and upset about it. But then I realized this is an opportunity to create something better. So only one and a half of my sites out of the seven or so are back up now. You notice I say half. (laughs) It will get done maybe in the next two months. But I'm not pressuring (laughs) it. And I'm at peace knowing that work is still coming in and I'm still getting out there. And this is how it was supposed to be because there's a reason for it. Can I ask you a question, Kim? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think changed your, like your perspective? Like, tell me about this relationship faith. Like, what is it? Because it's, is it the same? Like, I imagine it's not exactly the, like what you thought Sleepless in Seattle or the stories of love we're talking about. Like, do you have that or do you have a different understanding about what those stories are talking about? So when I was feeling that way, when I was feeling it was just a lot of BS, I was in a marriage where there was no respect going in either direction. And it was not okay to have feelings because my feelings are wrong. I mean, that's what I was told. And right. I was basically being told how to live every moment of my day. I mean, yeah. I was pregnant with my first and we were driving back from a trip once and I had a craving for ice cream. And we were going by a, a rest stop on the highway on the throughway in New York which if you've driven the thruway in New York, which I'd imagine you have considering where you live, you know that if you see a rest stop and you're hungry, you better get off or you better stop yep. right there really fast because it's going to be a while or you're going to have to pay to get off and then get back on. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's very craftily engineered. <laughs> exactly. They space them out. This is, there was intention behind all of this. Yeah. Yep. So I was told, no, you can't have ice cream because you're just going to get fatter. And you've gained enough weight oh. during this pregnancy already. Oh my God. And I was, I look back and laugh about it now. <laughs> but he seriously deserved a slap. It's like, yeah, seriously? Sure. So at the point when everything changed for me, I was getting ready to leave. Uh, it had started, it had gotten more, uh, it was mentally abusive for me and physically for my boys. But I do want to let listeners know that uh, my ex-husband has changed a lot. So it's not physically abusive for my boys anymore. As far as I know, I don't have any cameras in this house, so I can't be a hundred percent sure. But from what I can see, it's, it's good. But I was getting ready to leave and I watched the bucket list and I had already decided I'd rather be single for the rest of my life than to ever be in that type of sorry situation ever again. And in the meantime, I'd also been introduced to the law of attraction. I was raised Catholic. I had no exposure to hippies or alternative medicine or woo-woo or anything like that growing up in Western New York. It just, either it wasn't around or I was not exposed to it. And there's a lot that I was not exposed to. But I started to realize, okay, I have the power to change my life. I have the power to make, I have the power to be happy and I have the power to make myself happy. So anyway, I watched the bucket list and decided I'm going to make a soulmate spec sheet. Nice. And unless 
any dude that I meet, oh my gosh, I start talking like my husband. We've been together seven years now. Unless any dude that I meet can meet the items on my list and it's 57 items long, 52. I don't know. I have it actually right here because I found it last week. Then I am just not going to get into a relationship there. So coincidentally, two weeks later, you do the math listeners. Actually, I was still with my ex, but I had my apartment. I was looking for furniture on Craigslist and I saw the little link that said men looking for women and went in there to laugh at the assholes that were looking for women and ended up finding my husband. (laughs) My favorite part about that story is that you went there for humor. Oh, I totally did. I I just wanted to see how many guys were actually looking for a one night fling. I was not at all looking for a one night fling. I was actually in my office. I I had a very sorry excuse for a small business at the time. I was making 25 cents a day and just making all the worst mistakes that you could possibly make. But so much. What was that? So that's worth so much now, though. You made all those. Think about if you could, if you could pay, how much would you pay to learn everything that you learned during that time? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I did pay. Yeah, like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And actually, coincidentally, the reason why I had this office was because my ex had turned off my internet access. He had gone into our internet provider's backend. I didn't have the, I didn't have the password to get in, and he had actually firewalled me I think I don't know if that's the right expression from being able to access my website my eBay account my email like everything so the only way that I could run my business was to actually get an office and he was pissed when I did but everything for a reason I got my office and met my now husband and shortly I mean I I moved out and I did not have I was raised Catholic but I did not have a I was not religious for 30 years, I would have to say. I was atheist or agnostic, I guess would be the better way. I knew there was something out there, but I didn't know what it was. And the Uh weekend after I left, I was called to go to church. And while I absolutely loved law of attraction and mindset work and some sides of woo-woo, I fully embraced my Christianity now. And I, yeah, and found my found and married my husband and life goes on more babies come and here we are and i and i really do believe in that magic now because i i felt it i can't say it any more than to say i felt it i mean i get excited knowing that my husband's coming home from work and i you know i i really can i can feel the little electric tings when he walks in the door you know even in my fingers i just want to go up and give him a kiss and those were some of the items on my list was, you know, I'm excited to see you. And, and I know that could be something that's just, what's it called right at the beginning of a relationship, just lust and not love, but it's lasted seven years. (laughs) Yeah. That's different. I mean, and we text each other when he's at, because he works out of the home so we text each other all day he's better at it than I am because I tend to get really focused on my work but he's like hello I love you (laughs) and those things listeners those things mean a lot whether you're a male or a female those little messages during the day I can't tell you how special they make me feel and the other way around too I think I surprise him when I'm the first one to send a message because it's like oh she's not totally engrossed in whatever she's doing right but no i i remembered that i love you and i just wanted to let you know yeah yeah that habit or like that choice to say things out loud like yeah i think it's it makes a big deal to say the nice things in our head that we assume think people know you know to like say it out loud i know it means so much to me um when my wife says things like that, you know, when she says it, she says something, I'm just like, I'm so glad you say it out loud. Cause if it's in your head, like, I don't know. It's also, it's like, I've worked really hard to stop pretending to read people's minds. Like, yes, I can read people. And yes, I like am incredibly good at it, but I've also made it a point to like, not do it unless people are asking me to do it and to not live my life by like reading people, but instead like trusting and just kind of having real relationships. And so that, that connection of just sharing that is, it really is. So I can just speak to that too. It like really 
it changes the whole it's like it's such a little thing and it has such a big impact. Absolutely. Listeners, if you've been listening for a while, you know I'm normally talking about books nonstop. Sophia, this is the first time I've ever mentioned two movies in an episode. <laughs> Not you know, and then I've three have already brought been brought up and now I'm going on to four. Just two weeks ago I um my son and I had the flu and we were going through Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and just watching movies that he hadn't watched before. Because quite honestly, I didn't really want to watch all, any of the like gory stuff that he wanted to watch. But we watched Ghost. Mm-hmm. And there's she says, I love you. And he says, ditto back. And she's trying to explain how she needs to hear it. Yeah. Ditto, I would have to say, is fine yeah. 95% of the time. I don't get dittos. I get I love yous. Exactly. But make sure that the I love yous yeah. are in there. Yeah. Yeah. And the like that, those places or those moments of those little um, appreciations for actions or, you know, <clears throat> speaking of books, um, that like uh, the love languages, the five love languages, like figuring out um, A, what your love language is, is helpful, but also knowing, like, you know, for me, it's like, it's like I love to hear words and I love to be touched. My husband and I took a three-month break at the very beginning of our relationship because he was so, I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing at what I'm about to tell you. He had had a couple of really horrible marriages. He had had two horrible marriages before me and a whole string of just bad relationships. So he finds me and I scare the crap out of him because, you know, I'm getting up. I'm going to the kitchen. Do you want to do? Well, I never asked him, but I, I don't know if he was expecting me to poison it because I'm offering to give him something, you know, like, right. Well, he's like, he didn't know how to handle something good in his life. So actually he just long story there. Maybe sometime I'll get into it, but we took a three month break and I knew that he was it for me. So in full disclosure, I wouldn't leave him alone. <laughs> I kept on texting him. I sent him letters and little care packages just to let me, just to let him know I care. And we've talked about it many times since then. He's like, you know, I knew I was in love with you, but I just wasn't ready to accept good in my life yet because everything was going to shit. He was actually homeless the year before we met. He was living in his car in Fargo, North Dakota in the middle of winter. So that's how far down it had gone. But at one point, he actually called me the eloquent stalker because I'm just, <laughs> I have never shared this on the podcast before, but I, I love words as well, Sophia, but I, yeah. it's so embarrassing. I didn't know what eloquent meant. <laughs> I had to look it up in the dictionary. It means something along the lines of one with words and uses a lot of them. I guess that makes me a pro- it like brings the whole podcast. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would also use the word eloquent to describe you. The first time I heard your podcast, that's what I, that's what I thought. Oh, thank you. Well, I've dropped the stalker part yeah. since then. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, there's a yeah. I think I think the stalker line is whether somebody like wants you to be offering their connection. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's funny that you share that story because. It's actually kind of the inverse when my wife and I first met and we kind of first had this connection. I looked at her and I said, I'm not ready. And she looked at me and she said, you're not ready to be happy? And I said, no, I'm not ready to be happy. Like, I need a minute. And I I did. It took about six weeks for me to just kind of be like, take care of some loose ends in my own self and do the things that I do. You know, I did some um, – I did a like a releasing ceremony for some of the my like previous partners and uh kind of sorted through some of my own heartache and needed I just I just wasn't re- like I wasn't ready. It was such a funny moment and it was so real. She was like you're not ready to be happy and I looked at her and I said no, I'm not. Like I'm not. And she was so angry uh at first and then and then kind of very similarly she just continued to kind of show up and offer like do you want to go for a walk and sent a note and did a thing and was like yeah these are you know she was like do you want to like be friends like can we be in contact and I was like yeah that would be great like I'd love to get to know you better you know and that's and we kind of started that 
that process. So it's funny to hear you say that because I'm like, oh, I, I have I have a similar story to that. <laughs> well, I finally backed off. I I was working at Chipotle because I had just left my ex and I needed a job. So I was working at Chipotle and this guy, one of the customers actually hit on me. So I had started dating him. And it was really just to get my mind off my husband. I was like, I need, I I had my kids 50% of the time, but those other nights were just like, uh, I'm, I'm here. I don't have cable. I don't think, I don't think I even had internet at that time. I bought a dog or I got my dog to keep me company, but I needed something to fill up the loneliness. And so I backed off. I was like, okay, I just got to let it go. I'd, I'd taken a birthday present out to him and I didn't send any, I don't know if this would be entirely truthful, but I don't remember sending anymore. Anytime I would think about him, I would pray just God, let me let him be, you know, let him have the peace. And a couple of weeks went by and he sent me a text. Thank you for your birthday present. I was like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> I am trying so hard to let him go. But are you trying to tell me something? So I'm just going to wrap up the story. Like I've never shared any of this on the podcast. I um, Easter was approaching and I knew his favorite candy and I got these plastic Easter eggs and I drove out to where he was living. And because he had called me the eloquent stalker, I actually put a post-it on one of my fingers and it said, can I talk to you? Because I wasn't going to say a thing or can we talk? Yeah. And he just started laughing and he's like, yes, I've missed, like, he didn't even let me talk. He started laughing. He told me he missed me and that he loved me. And that was it. That was where everything started. So it was like, it was a messed up fairy tale. That's the best way of putting it. A messed up fairy tale with happy ending. But I, I just love it because it has so many elements of like actually a successful relationship in general, like, like sharing affection choosing to give someone space when they ask for it, caring for yourself, like even your like prayers, like when you wanted to reach out to him, making the choice to, instead of reaching out to him, reaching out to God, like that is like, that is a fundamental thing that I'm often trying to share with people in terms of relationships is like, you know, one of the ways that you can let your partner be who they are is when you have somewhere else to go to when they need the space. You know, like sometimes you're the best way of loving someone is to let them have space. Like that's literally the best way to do it. And so, um, and, but to not do it in a way and then to also take care of yourself, to find a way to do that and to, to hand it over. Um, and then the like playful aspects and the, I don't know, there's just so much in there. That's like, it's, it's, it's like practice, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I appreciate the whole story and it's like, in its quirkiness. I'm like, I think it's all good signs. I think that it makes sense why you would still adore each other that like. That makes sense to me. The space, though, is really important, like you said, and the communication. And yeah. we, I'm in my office, which is just a room off the back of my house, and it was our office. But my older boys also have their computers out here, and it was just too much for my husband. I'd, Sophia, can if you're in the middle of focusing on something, can. <laughs> Can you stay focused no matter what's going on around you or do you get easily distracted? No, I cannot. No, you cannot? <laughs> no, okay. I cannot. I very rarely, it has to be very, no, basically it's like a, yeah, no, I'm not a, I'm not a like zone. I'm not good at ignoring people or ignoring things. Okay. Just to give an idea of how well I can zone in my now four-year-old, I was so zoned in that she got into the fridge took out the brand new carton of eggs I'd bought and cracked every single one of them on the kitchen floor. <laughs> and I did not know. So you want to know why my kids are in daycare during the day while I'm working? That's exactly why. It's not, it's not because I can't work while they're here. <laughs> it's because they don't have a mother while you're working. <laughs> it's for their own personal safety. <laughs> I so respect that about you. I'm totally, I'm like, I'm the complete opposite. I'm the, <clears throat> I'm like sitting here and I like, so my, my wife now currently uh, works at a preschool. She was an entrepreneur. She owned and ran uh, the Ricky school and clinic in Philadelphia for 15, 16 years. Um, she sold her business a couple years ago. And uh, 
and she practiced retirement, you know, I was like, what do I want to do next? So she's always been really into education and dismantling the patriarchy and, uh, you know, social justice and mindfulness. They're all very arts. They're all very intersected in her. So um, we used to, when she was practicing retirement and I was an entrepreneur, it was like every day was this wrestle because if she's just in the house, I'm like, it's 10 times harder for me to get anything done. And since she started working, uh, like, and her job is just, uh, it's like a half day. I've gotten so much more productive because she like leaves in the morning and I get up and I take care of the dog and then it's just the empty house. And so it's like all the things and I can like get so much done. And then when she come, comes home, if I'm, once I'm in a zone, I can like maintain it a little bit better. And I'm like, I just have to finish this thing. But pretty quickly, my focus tends to deteriorate once someone else is in the space, unless those other people are working, in which case I work even better. I work really well in a room with like four other people working. I've thought a lot, I've been reading a lot about co-working spaces because the thought just mm -hmm. intrigues me. Being an entrepreneur can get lonely. I mean, especially lonely. Here, <laughs> I want to sing about it. Yeah. Here in Dayton, Ohio, we have Aileron, which Clay Mattel, who was the previous owner of IAMS, like the the pet food. Uh-huh. After he sold IAMS to Procter and Gamble for like ridiculous amounts of money, he built a small business center called Aileron. And you can go there and you can if you're a member and you can work there. However, I, I'm an introvert, but I do love to network. So while I can focus through anything at home, I know that co-working would definitely not work for me. And going to Starbucks, I mean, everybody talks about, and I've even talked about getting out of where you are day in and day out to spark some creativity, going to Starbucks, or we have about 10 zillion locally owned coffee shops in my town. I love yeah. the change in scenery if I need the creativity, but if I am in focus mode, it does not work. Like every time they, and I don't know what any of the machinery is called. Machinery is, yeah, that, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I always sit right there and it's like every time it goes off, I, I might be trying to write an email and I'll be two letters into a word and I forget the word that I'm writing because that's is like the static on the TV from the 1980s that might be a little bit older than you, but I remember it, you know. You remember static on the TV. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. So how do you Actually, stay productive in the morning? Do you use any systems to help you maintain flow in your work? Yeah. Well, mm, yes. There are things that if I do work and if I don't work, if I don't do, I work less productively. So in that regard, yes. So one of the things that I do that does help is if I get out of bed um, earlier than I necessarily totally want to, which I recognize if I actually were to tell the time, most people, if you're an entrepreneur, you understand, but everyone else, my getting up early is really just getting up late. Um, so if I get up between 7.30 and 8, if I get out of the house with my dog by 8 and take her for a good long walk, um, I'm in better shape. I like come home ready to start work at nine um, is usually like the first thing that makes a much more productive day for me. And then when I sit down using the good old like make a list of things that need to do get done and picking the top three priority, it makes a huge difference. If I really uh, identify the thing that I'm going to do, I do best when I do that at the beginning of the week for the week and then I do it individually for each day. Um, the other thing that I do is I schedule into my calendar times to do certain things. So sometimes I'm more consistent. I don't know if you can tell by my tone, but consistency is not necessarily, you know, it's like, let me just share for a little bit. So the work that I do, I do intravaginal body work on, on people. I do uh, holistic, spiritual, mental, emotional body work. And my sessions range from, they average about four and a half hours. So they range from about three to six hours. And in that time, I'm like zoned in, 100% focused. It doesn't matter if it's silent for two hours or if there's weeping and screaming. I'm like solid and steady and spacious and in a zone. So like there is a space that I can like get into a zone and I am like that's the kind of thing that I could be in a room with 50 people and if somebody started to drop into a space and I started to work on them, everybody else in that room would disappear. You know, like a kid could get hurt and I wouldn't notice like that. Like I can drop into like a laser zone like that. Things that have to do with like 
like writing and editing and like checklists and that kind of daily consistency stuff is like very, it's an adventure for me. And I've, I've been learning a lot about how to make that work um, better for me. So the things that work best are when I schedule it in and I set alarms on a lot of the things that I do. So I'll like schedule in that I'm going to edit for an hour and then I'll set an alarm for 15 minutes before I've scheduled that. And then I'll do that and I'll clock it. So I do my most productive work when I prioritize what I'm doing and then give myself time limits to do those things. Those are like the, those are my major kind of tactics to get things done. Have you heard of Forest app? No. Forest app works off the Pareto principle, 25 minutes work chunks of time. And uh-huh. you can get it on your phone or you can get it on, I use Chrome on on all my devices. And right. you push the button and it tracks you staying focused. You can block, let's just use like forest Facebook. Yep. Like like a tree forest. But what happens mm-hmm. is, is that as you are staying focused, a tree is growing. And you can populate a whole forest with all the trees that you've grown through your productivity and it's and the same goes for work I mean as you're staying focused you're building all your trees of productivity right to make something bigger and then there's also oh I'm having a brain fart I don't remember what it's called but it's a it's a website where you tell it how long you want to stay focused for and you select a style of music and there are all the different styles of music are specifically chosen for productivity but you can get electronica or you can get acoustical like Mm -hmm. or um classical whatever you are in like whatever works best for you i mean if yes i'm in ohio i went through a little country stage out here but country is not going to keep me productive right now it's just going to get underneath my skin sorry listeners who love country that's just what it's going to do for me right now but (laughs) I'll put it in the show notes, which I haven't shared before. Listeners, you can find it at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP208. And I am going to put a shameless plug in here. Have you picked up the Positive Productivity Planner yet, Sophia? No, I, you know, I, I went to your website that whole week that it was down. And that whole process was like when I was like on my Kim Sutton Positive Productivity thing. And I was like, looking, I kept going back and then I was like, you know, you were rebuilding it. And then I emailed you and then kind of due to my personality, it's like, it takes me and then I kind of have to loop back around. So, um, no, but I will totally check that out because it's, it's back up. It is back up and I'll get you a copy, but listeners, if you go to my site onto the podcast page, thekimsutton.com forward slash podcast in the upper right corner, you'll be able to request your free seven day version of the planner. And I love how you were mentioning earlier that you take your, let me try that again. You pick your top three because so many mm-hmm. of us get into the habit of having our whole entire list in front of us. And it's so overwhelming, but if we just pick our top mm. three for the day and the planner has a space for the top three personal and the top three professional, yep. because, and and I don't mean things like remember to drink your water because there's actually a spot in the planner for remember to drink your water and get enough sleep and that type of stuff. But, you know, do you need to call the doctor to make an appointment? I do. <laughs> I do need to call the dentist. Actually, me too. But yeah, so keep it separate. <laughs> but just, yeah, but just focus out the the top three of the day and and don't put a project onto your task list put an action item from within the project because build, rebuilding the it's still ongoing there are still about 80 podcast episodes that aren't back up yet but if i just if i say rebuild it's not going to get checked off at the end of the day today <laughs> but if i just put put the pictures up on the coaching page i know i can do that and it's going to feel a lot better when i actually have that one item checked off it's addictive It really is. And that really was like really game changing for me when I, um, it's like one of those things, you know, how you have to hear the same thing over and 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 over again, sometimes over and over and over and over and over. So this notion of like picking your top, picking your top is one of those things that has come into my life for the past 
10, I guess over the past 10 years, um, over and over and over again. And every time it would come in, I would do it for a little bit and it would really work. And then I would stop doing it. And, uh, and I just recently have like, I think it's like some fundamental shift in me that has allowed me to like, I don't necessarily do it every day, but pretty consistently when I think about what I need to do, it's automatic now that the way that I think about what I need to do goes into a way of like prioritizing and making it a smaller, like actionable item thing. You know, it's like, I always, I always just use the example, like you just talked about with your site. It's like, don't put, get a job on your to-do list, put, write your resume, you know, post on a thing, research, apply to five jobs you pick, like actually make different, you know, actual actionable items. And it took me a long time being like a big, I'm like a big concept person. I'm a big, big concept person. I love feelings. I love relationships. I love concepts. I love stories. And so learning how to break things down into really actionable steps was a process of actually really watching myself and watching how things got done and then learning retroactively learning how to name them like oh wow I did this today I did that today because I used to also tell myself at the end of the day that I didn't get anything done even though I did it's like you could say at the end of the day like you didn't put up your website back up like that's what I used to do to myself I would do all these little things I'd pick pictures and I'd post a thing and I'd do all these little things and at the end of the day like but the project is not finished I've done nothing you know, and so unhinging those like stories, those, you know, that bully inside who loves to find the thing to take you down about to like quit that habit and to shift the focus and, and, and play a different game in the way that I observe and like keep track of myself was I think one of the major ways that I was then able to translate and plan differently was when I thought about what I did differently. I took a shower and put on makeup and remembered deodorant today. I got a lot done. <laughs> I mean, for a, that's an entrepreneurial Hell win yeah. right there, especially if you are base, if right. you're in your house, you don't like physically, I don't even have a video call today, but I, right. Yeah. I you actually did my first Facebook live yesterday. So I was like, I'm going to set myself up to do it again today because that's, well, and this is me not being totally transparent because I know I could get on there to my, to my group, to my page without makeup on, but it makes it feel better. So I, I mean, that's yeah. transparent, but me hiding what I look like. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody needs to see like the, the five anyone. kids bags under my eyes. Just no. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, sure. Or maybe they do need to see it, but it's not really, a, I think it's, you know, there's still a, there's a space of just like, what makes you feel good and that being valid you know like i i often will get dressed to do work just cuz i know that i'm a little bit more focused it's like the old the kind of old advice of get dressed up you know put your suit on to do a job phone interview you know it's like that way of like when i show up and i get myself already like i feel different you know i think that that's that's i don't think necessarily that's a part of that's not necessarily a part of hiding i think we're dynamic beings and and choose, you know, we are very conscious about what to put forward. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if someday it will feel really right for you to share your exhausted self because that will be the part that's valuable to share. But if that's not the part that's valuable to share, the part that's valuable to share is you're kind of like on brilliance, you know, doing a thing, then like that's what you're doing. That's that's what's right. happening. I mean, we could get on, we could. We yeah. could start recording podcasts using our phones. I mean, episode one, not episode zero, but episode one of this podcast, I recorded from my car on my iPhone. But it's part of showing right. up, like you just said. I love it. I know it's still early for both of us. I mean, early in terms of entrepreneur. But what's your one win for the morning already? Besides, you know, being on the Positive Productivity Podcast. Well, that's obviously my top win clearly really very much so I've been excited to do this for a while um you know it's funny my actually my win is that I still got out of the house and walked my dog for 20 25 minutes even though I had a much shorter window this morning um because when I walk her she also leaves me alone in the morning for me to work and if I don't, if I, if I just take her out for a short little thing and bring her back, then she starts asking for my attention in about an hour. And so it's really, I set myself up to be more productive the whole day if I take her out and get her a good run. 
And that was like, that was a big choice for me this morning because I was very tempted to just kind of let it slide. I think that was my, that was, that was my today. That's like, and, I, and the other thing that feels really good is I have one major goal for the rest of the day that feels like my, like getting things done. And there's lots of things to do, but I've decided the one thing that I'm going to complete. And I feel good about that. That's awesome. It's going to be Actually, the- you've inspired me to pick one. I have no idea what it is yet, but I'm going to pick one. Sophia, this has been absolutely amazing. I've loved every second of it, just as much as when we were having breakfast in San Diego. Where can listeners find you online and connect? You can find me at sophiawiseone.com. And I love Instagram and everything on all the social medias. I'm at sophiawiseone. So you can always hit me up in any of those avenues. And I will say that if anything about all this stuff piqued your interest or you have any questions or things like that, I love it when people reach out. I often use people's questions um, to come to, to actually stimulate uh, blog responses. So if anything came up, you want to know more, let me know and I can I can send you either information I have or put something together um, and check out my Vagina Talks podcast. Awesome. To have you come over and, and hear more about all of that. Listeners, we'll have the links on the show notes page just in case you're driving or, you know, walking your dog and can't write it down at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP208. Sophia, do you have a last piece of advice today that you can offer to listeners or a golden nugget? I invite you to believe that a healthy, happy relationship is real, a real possibility that you can have, that a peace or a happiness inside your being is something that you can have, And that your body and any of its symptoms are not fighting against you. They are you and you're doing your best to navigate through every situation. So I invite you to open up to what could make those things real in your life. And if you already have them, I'm grateful that you have them. And I join you in gratitude for that in your life. And If you're questioning, open up, listen. There are people everywhere who can help you get where you're going. Have a beautiful, wonderful day.